Van, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> it's um, well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier. To, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. And it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers back for no reason. This is vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered. You know, the, the, I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Floyd. That was a lot of people that felt they couldn't breathe. Every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know, and you're going to the store, and, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you, and you're worried about your kids, and you're worried about your sister. And, and can she just go to Walmart and, and get back into the, her car without somebody saying something to her? And, 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 and you spent so much of your life energy just trying to hold it together. And this is a big deal for us just to be able to get some peace and, 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 and have a chance for, for, for a reset. And, and the character of the country matters. And, 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 and being a good man matters. I, you know, I just want my son to, to look at this. Look at this. You know, it's easy to, to, to do it the, the cheap way and, 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 and get away with stuff, but it comes back around. It comes back around, and this is a good day for this country. I, I'm sorry for the people who lost. I, for them, it's not a good day, but for a whole lot of people, it's a good day. You damn sorry-ass fool. And then we got Don Lemon with his white husband. I guess they squeeze his lemon ass into that weak-ass CNNT and they get the water for it when they get ready to boil from Van Jones's tears, and then they take that white boy, Anderson Cooper, and squeeze his squeeze ass in there, squeeze his sweet ass in there to sugar it up. And we walk around, and we feel like we've done something. Too goddamn big a set of fools to know what in the hell is going on because we're too goddamn stuck in front of a television set fantasizing about... I hope you're enjoying this big exclusive via the Judge Joe Brown Show. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Now, back to the show. This show is sponsored by the Hurricane Reports, Merchandise, and more. Okay, the um, speech was given by Willie Lynch on the banks of the James River in Virginia in 1712, and the speech was, was named Let's Make a Slave. And it talked about the different process of making a slave mine to control the slaves in order that the slave owners can get peace. I share it with I share it with the listeners that, you know, many times we've heard brothers and sisters say they don't understand why black people act like they do, black people this and all, you know. And so there's a program that's pre-installed into the black men and women mind, and this is the fundamental program that's been placed there through this process. Now, it's a lengthy document, but the point that uh, our sisters are referring to is the breaking process of, of the African woman. 
and it goes, it reads like this. It takes the female and you take the female and run a series of tests on her. And if she will submit to your desires willingly, this is what you testing for to see if she'll submit willingly test her in every way because she is the most important factor for good economics. If she shows any sign of resistance in submitting completely to your will, do not hesitate to use the bull whip on her to extract every little bitch out of her. Take care not to kill her for in doing so you spoil good economics. When in complete submission, she will train her offspring in the early years to submit to labor when they become of age. Understanding is the best thing. Understanding. Therefore, we should go deep into this area of the subject matter concerning what we have produced here in the breaking process of the female nigger. We have reversed the relationship. In her natural uncivilized state, she would have a strong dependency on the uncivilized nigger male, and she would have a limited protective tendency toward her independent male offspring and would raise male offspring to be dependent like her. Nature has provided for this type of balance. We reverse nature. We reverse nature by burning and pulling a civilized nigga apart and bullwhipping the other to the point of death. All in her presence. By her being left alone, unprotected, with the male image destroyed. By her being left alone, unprotected, with the male image destroyed destroy always showing brothers being locked up beaten shot nothing happened and in prison by her being left alone unprotected with the male image destroyed her ordeal caused her to move from her psychological state to a frozen independent state in this frozen psychological state of independence she will raise her male and female offspring in reverse roles for fear of the young male's life. She will psychologically train him to be mentally weak and dependent, but physically strong because she has become psychologically independent. She will train her female offspring to be psychologically independent. What have you got? Well, you got the nigger woman out front and the nigger male behind and scared. This is a perfect situation of sound sleep and economics. Before the breaking process, we had to be alert on God at all times. Now we can sleep soundly, for out of frozen fear, his woman stand God for us. Out of frozen fear, his woman stands God for us. He cannot get past her early slave molding process. He is a good tool, now ready to be tied to the horse at a tender age. By the time a nigger boy reaches the age of 16, he is soundly broken in and ready for a long life of sound and efficient work. And the reproduction of a unit of good labor force continually through the breaking process of uncivilized savage niggers by throwing this nigger female savage into a frozen psychological state of independence by killing the protective male image and by creating a submissive dependent mind of the nigger male slave. We have created an orbiting cycle that turns axis forever. Unless a phenomenon occurs and reshift the position 
of the male and female slave, we show what we mean by example. Take the case of the two economic slave human and examine examine them close. Now, here is the pre-installed program that all black people operate on. Until you come here, you read this document in its entirety from beginning to end and begin to work on yourself. Now, in this document, he also teach those other slave owners, listen, if you don't understand nothing I tell you, the most important thing you must be able to understand is that these slaves must learn to love, trust, and respect only us. And so you roll the clock forward today, and here we are trying to accomplish something with our brothers and sisters, and we find we find the most opposition to whatever positive thing we're trying to accomplish in the black community is from our own black people because they have been learned. Uh, we, uh, slavery, this document, this process has got our people repeating this on each other to where they learn must respect must respect trust and respect only the white the white hold every on somebody's driving somebody's driving your mic somebody's driving who is that somebody's radio okay. is having feedback into the system that's what's going on somebody's mic is okay. feeding back into the system Thank you, everybody. Um, um, Daryl, that's Joshua Brown. Dr. McCabe, I know you're familiar with Joshua Brown, but uh, to that end. Dr. McCabe, would you like to say what you're going to say, and then we're going to bring in Judge and let everybody else talk. Okay, yes. I'll I'll just be very brief. Thank you, Daryl. So um, Daryl's a good friend of mine. He's very gracious, and I just want everyone to know he's calling all the way from Israel, and he had to pay for this call, so we definitely appreciate him. The only thing I wanted to do to show the relevance of how that stands today is what I call this final showdown, unless a phenomenon happens. So we were talking about how everything's a program and um, this is the program that has been given into the indigenous humans of the planet. And it's the program is so deep and it was studied, it was studied so thoroughly that if you notice when it, when it talked about how to deal with, he refers to her as a nigger woman. He said, by doing this, you will reverse nature. Anytime something's talking about reversing nature in the scientific form, it's talking about doing something called a chemical change. If you remember in school, a chemical change is when you take a physical natural substance and you do something like burn it or you do something where it cannot revert back to its original form. So that's just how thorough and how evil and how thought out this process was. And to piggyback off that and why the woman has to take a role and we have to see that everyone who looks like us is not us, is I pointed out one thing, and that was Margaret Sanger of the early 1970s with his Planned Parenthood who was serious racist and was eugenics. And um, I pointed out an article that she wrote to the Ku Klux Klan. And in the 1939 letter, um, she wrote this letter to a man named Dr. C.J. Gamble of Procter and Gamble. We're familiar with that old Procter. And um, I'll just skip to the last portion of this article where Sanger urged him to go ahead on and hire Negro physicians, not because she liked Negroes. I heard that. Whole, I heard that. Right. Well, if you go, 
when you go down, she also says um, she um, she urged Sanger to to enlist spiritual leaders in the black community. Now this is heavy because Valerie, you pointed out you you listen, let us listen to something, and you talked about spiritual leaders who were there in the presence of Biden. It says that she urged spiritual leaders to justify their deadly work. So she urged spiritual leaders in the black community because how can you justify killing millions and millions of human lives through what's called Planned Parenthood? A lot of times they give you an abortion pass three months, four months, five months, six months. She said, we do not want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population, point blank. Another thing I wanted to point out to bring us up to date is something that Trump said years ago, but you can find very obvious talks. I was pulling up something today on a TED talk that Bill Gates did not too long ago, and he was talking about, you know, when he created the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the whole thing was about vaccinations and depopulation. And he says the word depopulation 15, he says it so many times, amazing that you can say something over and over to humanity, but when they're functioning off of a program, they're not even connecting the actual dots. The depopulation means extermination, and he's making it very clear, he made it very clear that the extermination has to be of the black race. And then to skip ahead, Valerie let us listen to something, and that something was saying, if we don't do something now to get rid of them, they're already going to overlap, populate us, and take over. So I kind of just wanted to bring it where we were at today and what we were talking about on the Dr. McCabe show of us having to break these programs. And the only way to break the programs is to talk about the programs. And I loved how Daryl brought out we have to first talk about the why, where did it come from, and what do we do for now. And when I speak on my show, I'm speaking to all humanity because I also point out that we weren't the only one given a program. As they were sitting us down with the baby inside in order to pervert the nature, they also set the white woman down on the other side with her little girl to pervert their nature that they could be so insensitive to any type of unhuman, inhumane, vile act and walk away from it. So it was a programming done on both sides that we face today. And that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Dr. Uh-huh. McCabe, I appreciate that. Um, Judge, does that have anything to do with your mindset between, behind the, um, why the man should lead and Harriet Tubman, it's wrong to have Harriet well, Tubman I mean, on the dollar bill? Valid. Haven't you heard this yes, before sir. many times over the last several years? And I talked yes, about researching William Lynch in the Library of Congress when I worked with this D.C. think tank as an intern. I think I spent all of two weeks, eight hours a day during business week squinting through the magnifier at the microfilm copies of William Lynch's speeches and his pamphlets. And we went over that. I think I wrote a uh, finding on that, 1972, for this think tank. And in conclusion, the synthesis of what Lynch was talking about was, as he used to break it down in some of his pamphlets, it's like raising horses. 
you cannot break a wild herd stallion, nor can you break the wild Negro buck who is a chief or a warrior. You can break the lesser ones, but not the chiefs. He said, on the other hand, you can take the chief mayor or the head mayor in a herd, can domesticate her, and if you domesticate her, she will domesticate your foe. So when you go to train your horses, you don't have the amount of work to do that you would were you to get a wild foal because their mothers will train them, partially domesticate them. I raised horses. I had a ranch, and that works. The mothers will train their foals, so you just deal with the fine details, where if you get one who doesn't have a mother to raise them, then you got a lot more work to do. Now, back to this other thing. If we want to talk about the insidious part, the real problem is not from William Lynch when it comes to enlisting the religious readers or what this woman was saying, it comes from a pretty uniform recommendation that I saw starting about the 1830s in these pamphlets. And that was that you should teach the Negro a religion. And not only that, if you could uh, go in with your neighbors, if you couldn't afford one yourself, to buy a Negro stud to increase and enhance your livestock and the quality thereof. Also, make this stud the slave preacher. And the women will be fighting to be the ones privileged to have sexual concourse with the preacher. And if you make it right, and you allow slave marriage, you can further, in effect, demoralize the slave male because he will be very much aware that at a point when his slave wife is likely to be fertile, the male that's sleeping with her in his hovel, in his bed, is the slave preacher upon whom he is supposed to depend so much. In effect, that will totally destroy his morale when every Sunday he has to go listen to the word from this preacher who several nights previously had been sleeping with his wife. That will improve the livestock and the obedience of your slaves. The whole point was to destroy the masculine principle. Now, that's been expanded to the general society. And this thing with Harriet Tubman is in line with it. Now, a point on the abortion bit. I guess you would say I was sort of an abortionist myself. I dealt with post-natal abortion, not prenatal abortion. It's called the execution for the conviction of a capital offense. That is post-natal execution, post-natal abortion. I dealt with a lot of drive-bys. That's postnatal abortion. I dealt with a lot of overdoses. That's postnatal abortion. I dealt with a lot of suicide. That's postnatal abortion. I dealt with a lot of abortionists. 
those who committed the drive-bys, those who did the murders, those who sold the drugs. And it's kind of relative. It's like, yes, there are problems with prenatal abortion, but at least you don't waste all the food resources and time that go into preparing something for a postnatal abortion after 17, 19, 20, 25, 30 years of feeding and uh, spending a lot of extra time uh, on this individual who's going to either self-abort or cause his own abortion or become aborted. So we have some problems, and one of those problems really stems from the fact that we have a lack of manhood in our neighborhoods. We don't have fathers in the home place anymore. And a bad part of that has been over the last 50 years, the dynamics in the black population have shifted way to the side of dysfunction. In addition to the slave situation, we had at one point the successful black person, the black mother, the black father, and the black family, and the black children had been descended of those former slaves who either freed themselves or once free had a mindset that allowed them to get themselves in a better position and get ahead. Unfortunately, we started this welfare state thing and particularly bad about it was the creation of a breeding environment where you didn't breed because you could afford to have children. You had children to afford to sustain yourself. The more babies you had, the bigger your check. And this group that was descended from the very heavily impacted slaves upon whom the large burden of these slave-rearing processes had fallen, they became the imagery of the black race over the last 50 years because essentially media glorified dysfunction, and they've done it all across society. There is a plan, but it's not from, with respect, where you're bringing it from. It stems from what Biden put in his executive orders, the queer population of the country. Not everybody, but the LGBT cult type, the BLM, black lesbian movement type. That's where we get this driving engine of self-destruction because you had the white feminist lesbian who hated men and felt that marriage was a form of slavery for women. They looked at the model that they saw of the slave woman and they said, that's us. And they said, but there are these slave women who have descendants now and they disrespect their men. They don't need them. They are independent. They don't have to be married to have children. Those are our role models. So those role models got adopted. And the white feminist movement ideates upon the dysfunctional colored slash Negro female who is on Section 8. Now, that glorification of dysfunction has caused the positive imagery of young black folk 
where if you were a young black man, maybe you were driven because you didn't want to get drafted and get a all-expense-paid tour of uh, very sunny, warm, and humid Vietnam and get to inspect all of the creepy crawling things sliming around in the mud and on the bushes and in the jungles and walk up to your knees in human excrement fertilized rice paddies. So the thing was, is 50-some years ago, 55 years ago, the imagery of a hip young black man was a college student. Now it's a thug, a hoe, a pimp, a male hoe, a pimp, a drug dealer, a thief, a burglar, a robber, a killer, a gangster. You see, that's how we have gotten ourselves into this because we buy it. So now the black collegiate male ideates on that, and it's a very bad situation. Right now, only 14% of the black male college, all the black college students are male. For the population at large, it's only 32% of the collegiate undergrads are male. For the population at large, only 36% of the graduate students are male. For black folk, just as a percentage of black postgraduate students, it's only 24%. So everything has gone downhill, and the ideation is based on slut Kim Kardashian, who's not even black, based on slut Cardi B, who is a foreign black, based on crap that you see on Atlanta Housewives, and that's just glorified dysfunction. You see it on Pose. You see it on Empire. You see it on every damn thing you get. And our real enemy was white supremacy. It still is in a way, but it's no longer the main enemy because there's something more fundamental. We are all human beings. And if black people want to get it together, they have to have strong black men and strong women. But you can't have either if you don't have an effective family. And if you down the black male so he does not become a black man, You get nothing. So fundamental to this is we have to start at the bottom. And we're all humans. And humans come in male and female editions. And the man and the woman each have their strengths and each is of equal value, but they're certainly not equal because they don't do certain things. Now, the point we have, is that as long as they're trying to destroy the fundamental engine, the mechanism, the factory, it produces what we need for the next generation that will be able to continue and advance the struggle so that we can become free, then we're nothing. And that which attacks the fundamental thing is the enemy. In World War II, the U.S. basically bombed the hell out of the Germans and the Japanese and everybody else they fought. And then the ground troops came in after the means of production and fueling a war machine had been destroyed. In the same fashion, our war machine, our means of resistance, our means of advancement is what is produced by the family. 
And if somebody comes in and plays strategic air command and blows the hell out of the family so none of the essential machines of war and struggle, i.e. effective black men and women, are produced, then we've lost. We are right back on square one, which is nowhere. And we have to do something about it. Now, the solution to this whole thing is to undo this poisonous mess that started off. And by the way, sir, the earliest pamphlet I read on William Lynch was, if I recall from 50 years ago, published in 1708. He was a West Virginian, uh, not Virginian, he was a West Indies planter, and he toured the American colony, and he made a lot of side money. But we have to reverse that thing about destroying black masculinity because that black masculinity is what kept us in a position of being able to fight slavery. But if you destroyed that black masculinity, then there was no hope. Because excuse me, sisters, but I have to be candid. The fate and circumstances of a race or of an ethnic group are not determined by its women. It's determined by its men. And if the men can't do what they need to do to protect the race or the ethnic group, the conquerors come in and they just fuck the women. And then they got mixed babies. And after three or four or five generations, nobody knows where anybody came from on the base level, and they become part of the general society. Except the problem with us is that kind of stand out in those genes that determine a paint job, they don't go away too easily. So if you ever get a DNA test and you ask them to compare it, you will find there are a lot of blonde-haired, blue-eyed folk that have more immediate African ancestry than a lot of people that look chocolate. So it's all relative. You've got a thing in this country where after the Civil War, when all of these filthy rich southern planters who had been raising two-leg livestock found out that their sons, having been killed in the Civil War, left in a position where their estates and their monies would do what they call is cheap to the state, meaning it would go back to the state. They passed laws that allowed their very, very high yellow, pale white, almost white, passing for white, male children they'd had by favorite fancy girls who were their slave mistresses be declared white. Every single one of the former southern states, all 11 of them, had acts on their books up until the late 1920s that said any person having no more than X percentage of known colored ancestry may apply to any court in this state for a declaration of Caucasian status. And if they have one, two, three, or whatever number of known white sponsors and parents of the judge, they can be reasonably mistaken for or taken as white. They are entitled to such declaration. Well, by the 1930s, it had morphed into anyone with any known colored ancestry not here to afford declared Caucasian will be considered colored for purposes of these statutes. Later on in the 30s, it morphed just within two or three years in each state in question. Anyone with any known colored ancestry will be considered colored for purposes of these statutes. That's that one drop thing. 
And it's interesting. I researched that, too. That's been about 45 years ago, 46. So we have this situation where we have a thing in this country that is pure poison. And what we saw for the last several years under the guise of Black Lives Matter, which was black lesbian mania driven, and some other things where people were protesting the killing of black males by white police or sometimes black police, we had riots that weren't really riots. They were just spring break mischief because I don't call 150 people acting crazy a riot. But that's basically what you had in all these cities. They did billions of dollars worth of vandalism and property damage. And 47 people got killed, but nobody wants to talk about that. And they had a lot of black businesses and properties worth billions of dollars burnt down by people who were protesting killing black people. But if you looked at these demonstrations, you didn't see anybody black. You saw a bunch of little ratchet, spoiled brat, vanilla cupcakes with some chocolate sprinkles around, even one or two of them with Bud's false frosting. And the colored folk did not seem to get it that what you also had was an ecological protest. You once were the king of the jungle, tiger. Now you are in danger of extinction because you are no longer the king of the jungle. Lions either. Mother elephants have the strongest bonds in nature with their calves, but they are in jeopardy. The polar bear are suffering because of global warming. The whales and the dolphins are in danger. We have these Afro bipeds who were imported years ago, and when they were set free 160 years ago, they are now an invasive species that is endangered by these boys in blue who want to have illegal poaching sessions out there on their hunting expeditions. We must protect them. You know, you have to understand, poor Oscar has been chained out in the backyard in the cold, in the kennel, and he's just suffering and he may never see love again. Since 1995, to the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, so Oscar can know love. You know, that's what the hell they've been doing to us. And our sorry, domesticated asses have been going for it, got our tongues hung out, panting, wagging our goddamn tails, waiting for a scratch behind the ears, or even better, rolled over our backs and our belly scratched so we can thump a hind leg. You got some damn nigger sarlatans, some colored bipeds imported from Africa, then is an invasive species that are well trained, that are surrogates for goddamn LGBTQIA plus bullshit cultists. And we go around and we feel proud. And you got CNN where we get all our damn information from. Crying Negro Network. What is his name with his slimy slave ass? 
Van Jones. Oh, I spoke hands. This smells been beat. Oh, my God. You damn sorry-ass fool. And then we got Don Lemon with his white husband. I guess they squeeze his lemon ass into that weak-ass CNN tea, and they get the water for it when they get ready to boil from Van Jones' tears, and then they take that white boy, Anderson Cooper, and squeeze his squeeze ass in there, squeeze his sweet ass in there to sugar it up. And we walk around, and we feel like we've done something. Too goddamn big a set of fools to know what in the hell is going on because we're too goddamn stuck in front of a television set fantasizing about playing basketball. And the ones that play it go around acting like little mama spoiled hood rats and don't have any balls to say a damn thing about what we ought to be doing other than complying with some bullshit that is good for the bipeds imported who escaped from a barnyard and are now invasive species livestock roaming feral and at wild. That is a damn shame. And I'm mad about because I struggled too goddamn long and I know too many people died. And in fact, talking about this death toll, it ain't shit. I knew as many people personally I'd spoken to within a month, died within one seven or eight week period, just in Los Angeles. Then all of these folk everybody's upset about over the last six or seven years that have been slain by police. God damn, don't we ever read shit? Sanchez, why the hell the you need us to say this article. while you lit no hold on? Why in the hell so many black folks need somebody like me, you, and everybody on here to say this instead of reading it, I don't know. Because even right after the Civil War, General Grant, commander of the Union Army, did a survey, and he said at first he was astonished to realize that the only completely literate Union Army groups were colored volunteers. And then he said it wasn't surprising because he had never seen a black, well, he called him a colored soldier who did not have books to read and slates and paper, pen and pencil to write with. He said black soldiers, colored soldiers, are obsessed with reading and knowledge. What the hell happened? And it's part of that William Blitz syndrome, sir, you brought out. We have gotten feminized by some dysfunctional females who started off having babies when they were still babies. They didn't know how to function as adults. They never knew, never found out, and won't find out what the hell they needed to have done to have raised their boys as men. And now they're still alive, breathing air, and like some I had in my courtroom, they're great, 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 great damn grandmothers, and they're still alive. And mm. something is wrong with that picture. Mm. Got a hard enough I'm man judge. up, move up. Now that's enough. Now, Judge Reed, it's Sunday. Read I gave the article. <laughs> the hurricane report. Write it. 
take action, maintain freedom. Buy their gear, mugs, hoodies, oh, leggings. They got all kind of stuff, right? The hurricane.